Hi, my name is JP Ross. Welcome to a new episode of Who Dares Wins. Who Dares Wins is a podcast that I started to encourage people to have faith, um, to take risks and to dare themselves to do something different, to think a different way, um, or to just step out. If you're in Christianity, we believe stepping out or taking a risk is called faith. And if you're in business or maybe not in the Christian community, you most likely step out on faith, but you call it risk. You know, you you take the necessary measures to think about the most, you know, you do your due diligence, and then you're like, the risk is worth it. Like, I believe that the reward is worth the risk. So on Who Dares Wins, this podcast is usually, you know, storytelling, but I'm excited that today is the second part to um, an interview that I did with my friend Antonio Hernandez. I believe that he has an amazing story um, that will be inspiring and encouraging, especially the second part as we learn about uh, transformation, metamorphosis, and, and the real power of healing and therapy and friendship. Um, and whatever else Antonio wants to share. Um, but before we do, I just want to, once again, just like share a disclaimer of what Who Dares Wins is. My name is JP Ross. Um, I'm your host. And to, to dare is to be sufficiently courageous. And so on this podcast, we'll share stories to increase courage in the listener, you. And sometimes this will look like guests or interviews, and we'll talk about various topics such as faith, mercy, courage, and justice, compassion, risk, missions. These will all be themes. But whatever we do, we'll have fun. It'll be deep. It'll be usable for your life. And yeah, and it will encourage you to dare at the end of this session. At the end of the episode, I will dare you to do something you wouldn't normally do uh, for the coming week. So I love you. Um, if you have any questions, you can email me at who dares wins podcast at gmail.com. Who dares wins podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you, hearing your ideas and what you would like to see on future episodes. Thank you so much. Um, without further ado, we're going to go into the second um, part to my interview with Antonio Hernandez. So Antonio... Um, um, wow. So this is the second part. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Antonio Hernandez. And, uh, yeah. Um, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good, good. Well, um, you know, before we go into it, I think, like, we should do some context a little bit. Um, so... Just in just in to keep you on board, if you haven't listened to the first part of this um, series, I guess. Um, basically, we talked about Antonio's birth to mid twenties when he uh, found the Church of Christ or Disciples Church of Christ, International Churches of Christ, and that's where me and Antonio met. In the first episode, Antonio shared about. Um, how he was born, you know, being from the Bronx and moving to the Lower East Side, going to Puerto Rico, coming back from Puerto Rico, having a fatal car accident, and then in that fatal car accident, um, you know, he sort of like was in the hospital for two years, 
um, repairing, basically. And, um, and around that time, his mother, his biological mother had left, and his aunt assumed him, assumed his, into, or, like, went into his life and, like, became a mother figure to him, essentially, like, adopting him. His cousins became, like, a sister to him, and, um, and it was hard. It was a hard transition, but Antonio uh, managed to get his high school diploma, and he was able to, to in a way, adapt and everything, but it was very hard, and in around the mid-20s, in his mid-20s, he had a, he had a back and forth with his aunt that had been going on for a while. Um, she, she was pretty tough. She, um, we learned that she was, you know, kind of abusive and stuff. Um, as some parents can be, um, but there was so much that Antonio shared. I encourage you to go to the first episode and listen. But um, around the mid twenties, he meets disciples of Christ when she asks him to leave, and so when he leaves, he begins sleeping on the trains, and that's when he meets disciples of Christ, and he starts, I would say, this metamorphosis that leads him to today. Um, so um, yeah, so just wanted to give you a background on that. Many of you have been kind of interested in the in the in the episodes that talked about outreach and being there for people and kind of the things that I do. But I thought that there's no greater way to express what this is about and why people like Antonio and I do what we do, even with having a background that we have. We can't walk away from it we just feel committed to people and and wanting to wanting to see them you know make it out too we have compassion it affected our politics it affected our faith um it's made us into the men we are today so i guess from that we can go into like mid-20s and let's just start from like okay you've been asked to leave by your aunt and now you're on the trains and you're meeting disciples of Christ or something Well, like I met disciples before I was kicked out. Okay. Okay, cool. So when I was kicked out I was able to stay with them for a, for what for a while stay with newest disciples. Um at first, it was like I, I was uh, just um, staying with different disciples different days of the week. And, like, I would just, I would just um, you know, make calls and arrange to stay with uh, whoever it was on, on a different day of the week. Mm. And then um, I, would, I would see... I went to an agency and they told me that the only way I was able to get an apartment is if I was uh, to enroll in their program. Mm -hmm. So, and that was on the Lower East Side. It wasn't, um, it wasn't the Byron Mission. It was another program. Oh, okay. So, okay. I stayed there for a while. They got, they finally, they eventually got me an apartment in Brooklyn. Wow. And so um, I moved to Brooklyn for like a little while and then um, I stopped going to church. 
Mm, okay. So they uh, they well, disfellowshipped me. Wow. Because I went out and um. What what was going on that made that made you not want to go to church anymore? And then eventually. I just had my own spot, man. You know, and I just uh, I was really uh, I think I was kind of like discovering what I was comfortable with, and like, I mean, because I'm not comfortable with crowds. I've never been. Really, and it's just like, yeah, when you get into that life, it's like, yeah, you know, like yesterday, I was at service, and you know, during the fellowship break, they're like, oh, yeah, find somebody you never knew, and like, you know, say hello. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, like, man, that's that's so much not. Like, not everybody's, like, adaptable to that. Right. You know, and it's like, and okay. then you give it to that and you feel, like, forced to, like, be, to, you want to connect and, but you're, you, like, you're, like, forced into it and it, you it feel just this pressure. makes you feel more uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, pressure. So... You know, when I got my own spot, you know, it's like, hey, I just want to, like, relax and chill and, like, mm. discover, like, yeah. spend some time with me after, like, being around so much, being around people for so long, like, because yeah. the situation I was in, I, I kind of had to, so mm. I stopped going to church and they, they you know, they just fellowship me, whatever that means. And um, yeah, there's a few people I knew in my time there that got this fellowship, but then yeah, eventually yeah. they, there was another word when they bring you back. Restored. Restored, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole lingo, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Christianese. Yeah, cults usually have their own lingo. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I but um, as I started like being there more in the apartment it just like it was like really run down like this is your apartment that you got in Bushwick yeah yeah okay like first of all the old Bushwick first of all it didn't have a bathroom (laughs) what yeah I had to go across the hall to 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 the other apartment to go to the bathroom this is crazy but dig this like sometimes the guy would like lock the, the door so yeah. I couldn't get it like uh, it, was, it was just terrible and like he went and give us heat and like you know so I'm like you know I can't live here so I started living with uh, some other like some disciples I was still friendly with okay and then you know like um I started living there for a while and then like it just caused tension with his roommates and then uh, so I yeah I, I I felt like I should just leave and just uh, uh, go to um, see where where was I after that that was a while ago this is before I think I, went, I think I think that's when I went, when I went to the Baron Mission. 
Wow. So this is after Akmir or before? No, that was... Yeah, that's right. I, I, I had... I had... I had, uh... Right. Akmir, let me live with him. Right. Right. Yeah, when I met you, this was Akmir. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I don't even remember In that. 2003. So I think that was... I think that... Yeah, I think that was after I, I moved... From because uh, I was remember I was working, I remember being on the phone with you one night, um, kicking it, and we were, I was listening to the radio. I worked in the Bronx at that time, and I was gonna quit that job, and I was on the phone with you, and I was getting to know you, and uh, and and you were telling me that you live in Queens, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh yeah, yeah. And you okay. told me that you had your GED, and I was like, dang, this guy got his GED, and I don't even have mine. <laughs> you know? Okay, cause, cause, right after, uh, cause yeah, and the, then I started going to downtown service, and that's when I met Akmir and everybody. Yeah, because me and Natalie broke up. Okay, cause yeah. the, the, the the disciples I was living with, um, after Brooklyn, they were on the Upper West Side. Mm, so um, okay, I think after, yeah, after they. Um, asked me to leave. That's when uh, um, Akmi and I hooked up, and Akmi was like, "Yeah, just come stay at our house, and you know, it was chill." Yeah. So. Um, wow. Yeah, I stayed with Akmi for a while, but but what happened was everybody just um, everybody mm-hmm. either got married or found. A, fell away from the church or like whatever yeah so yeah. I had to find another place to stay I was I was probably staying on the trains for a little while and then um I checked into the Byron Mission and that whole uh mess happened um so yeah um yeah, your memory is... It's hard to remember, right? Hmm? Okay. Cool. So, I was in Bowery Mission for a while. Um, and, uh... That, that life was just like... Well, ever ever since I was on the street and bossing around, it's like I just felt like on stasis, like just because it's you you're just on survival mode. Okay. Like when you're on the street. What does you, stasis mean? Stasis, like in a coma. Like, oh wow. Like um, but not really like. Wow. Um. Yeah, look it up. You're just like, I'm not gonna explain words. You're just like existing? Yeah, yeah. But you're not conscious? Yeah. Wow. You're living in a state of trauma. Exactly. Wow. So, um. Arrested development. It's just like. Without Jason Bateman. Or speech. Or speech. Only hip hop heads are gonna get that. Me and, uh,. Me and Neo have a, a great connection with dark humor. So if it gets dark, don't don't get discouraged. It's gonna get. We're gonna pick it back up. Because uh, <laughs> it, has, it has a punchline. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. I it, it 
like during that period when I was on the street, like I didn't. Wow. There was no room for like mm. growth at all as yeah. a person. Well, it's just like survival. You're surviving. Yeah. So you don't get a chance to develop yourself. You don't get a chance to develop relationships, really. Wow. And it's just like, yeah, you're on, you're, you're, you're just moving forward without looking around you. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I was in the Barmish for a while, and uh, they were what, what their, uh, the way they handled things were you would like, they would wake you up at 5 30 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> every morning. Wow. So early. Yeah, oh and then they would serve you, they would make you attend a service. Okay. I remember and that. then you would get breakfast and they kick you out on the street. They kick you out. You're supposed to use that time to like, you know, look around for, you know, jobs or whatever, but because of my disability, I, I was deemed not well enough to work, so. Mm. Um, by the Bowery or by doctors? By doctors. Okay, cool. So, I would... But were you getting disability insurance then? Yeah, yeah, I was okay. still getting disability insurance. So okay. that would that would just uh, help me out, you know. A little bit. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I, I, they would give you the option of coming back around in time for another service and a meal, but I never did that. I just, you know, would use what, whatever I had from my uh, SSI to get meal, to get a lunch. But I would come back for supper time because, um, Gotta get that chili con carne. <laughs> no, not that. It's like you have to like be there for for supper and then you know then to, to get, get your, your bed. bed. Mm. And they like ran the lottery system, like where mm. you know you um okay you would uh, uh they would like just pick you, you know. Random at random, and then you would have that bed for the week. So, um, on on weeks where I didn't get a bed, I would usually be on the train or like I'd be staying at a friend's house or whatnot. So, um, I, uh, yeah, so one Sunday morning. They uh, woke us up at five thirty. We, you know, everybody like in the morning, everybody like just goes into the chapel groggy. And and so let me let me get this straight too because um this Sunday, um yesterday we did a service at the Bowery Mission, and while we were there. Um, someone mentioned that in the very chapel is where everyone sleeps every yeah. night. Okay? Is that true? Um, How, well, describe to me a night at the Bowery. 
for Some, for like the listeners. Yeah, sometimes I well I when, want I want them to understand. Yeah. So that their 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 empathy goes toward compassion and their yeah. compassion goes toward action. Well, I was there a long, t- well you know I was there a long time ago, so I don't know if the policy changed or anything. But I mean honestly, I think I think a lot changed after you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for one thing, they finally got a damn metal detector. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. So, um... And they have multiple sites now, too. Yeah. So when I was there, uh... Um, they had, uh... Have you been upstairs? Once. Because they have beds up there. Oh, word? Or at least when I was there. Well, so when I went upstairs... I think they showed me around, but I went upstairs to meet with one of the directors or something okay. because I was trying to get my friend housing on Easter Day, like yeah, yeah. like Easter, which was impossible. Yeah, impossible. But we got him on the phone with Pastor Rex and we were able to find him something. And then okay. he met the next day. We got him into the program, but then he left that program. Okay. Yeah. So the 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 people who don't who don't get beds from the 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 rap the um raffle the lottery um if it's depending on how cold it is they'll open the chapels like cold for blue to sleep. like cold blue yeah yeah like winter immersion yeah okay. so um so that i don't know if that's still the policy or not apparently it is that's what they were saying last night okay. or yesterday Okay, cool. Yeah, they were saying that the the the, the kitchen, like the yeah. floor, and the, the chapels filled. Oh, with they they didn't let let anybody sleep in the kitchen before. Oh no. Okay. So I guess a lot did change. Mm-hmm. After me. But uh, yeah. I think it's because homelessness has gotten a lot worse. Hmm. I feel like homelessness has gotten a lot worse. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they just anywhere there's space, they're gonna put people. Because they. Because, um, you know, gentrification is driving a lot of, like, poor people out. And they go, go have no way to go up on the street. Yeah, I also feel like I would say 100% of people on the street have mental health issues. Yeah, yeah. And they're not being checked or they're not being, they're not being addressed correctly. Yeah, yeah. And, and each person requires time and freaking patience. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, but yeah, we can get into that later when you start to talk about therapy. But um, but yeah, okay. So, so yeah, like you're explaining a night at the Bowery, and then you yeah, leave, yeah. and then you're coming back to get yeah. the bed, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So um, one one morning I uh, they they, you know, and it uh, um, they woke us up five thirty. Um, yeah, people just waking up, you know, everybody goes groggily into the chapel and like, you know, everybody, some people like lay their heads back, um, so their head is like towards the ceiling, some people lean on the pew in front of them, like on the headrest. I was I was leaning my head on the headrest of the pew in front of me. Mm, wow. So um, 
What happened was... It seems more like a drop-in. Yeah. Than, like, actual beds. Wow. So, um... Some dude came and, like, sat right where my head was resting, like, on the, the, the pew in front of me. Okay. I don't know if um, I can, I'm describing the picture accurately, but, um, yeah, hopefully I am. <laughs> but, anyway, to, to, to... Just, just to put it in layman's term, it, it, like, it disturbed me. I felt it. Somebody in front of me, like, and then I'm like, I wake up, I'm still groggy, and I'm like, what the F are you doing, man? Hmm. Can't you see I'm sleeping here? Yeah. And he just gets up, and he's like, who do you think you are? You can't talk to me like that. I effing cut you. I effing kill you. Mm. And then he wow. whips out the razor blade and he slashes. And I believe this is God. This is God. When he brandished the blade, I kicked the pew so he jumped back and so as he was slashing and the blade cut my throat he jumped back and I believe it just missed something vital wow and I uh Man. So the blade jumped to my shoulder, and I have a a scar underneath my shoulder also. And then I remember like being in the like seeing spots in front of my eyes. And then the next thing I noticed, I noticed my shoulder, and there's blood dripping from my shoulder. And my friend who came immediately, he came immediately over to me and I'm like, I looked at him and I'm like, did that guy cut me? And he's like, yeah, he cut you. And immediately after that, blood started spreading out of my neck. Wow. Like, oh my God. like a water sprinkler. Wow. Like oh just spurting. And then the nurse came, all heck broke loose. The nurse came over trying to stop it with, uh, with towels. She was drenched in my blood. Her face was red with my blood. And it was almost like I had an out of body experience. It was almost like I was viewing this from outside my body and like, is this really happening to me? Mm. And then, uh, you know, the ambulance came, they, they put me on the gurney, and they cut my, they cut my shirt open, and I'm like, 
I, <laughs> I was thinking, wow, I wish he wouldn't have done that because this would have, if I survived it, this would have made a really boss souvenir. Um, and there was a Joker shirt too, so oh, you blood spattered Joker shirt. Oh that my goodness! Cool. I remember. I remember you had a shirt, and you said this shirt reminds you. There was a shirt that you bought. Oh yeah, yeah. The the yeah. I, I still have it. It's it's a a a shirt with like blood on it and like. Wow. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty boss. But anyway. I, yeah, wow. I, um, they called me up, took me to the back of the ambulance and like rushed me over. That was when St. St. Vincent's in the village is still open. Is it still open there? St. Vincent's? Yeah. By Snice? In the village? Yeah. No. It's closed. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, this guy. Closed in like 2012. Yeah, so, um,. I mean, well, thank God it was still open. The the Saint Vincent's now is like um, I think on another. There, there are more, but not that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they rushed me over there, and <sighs> I remember them prepping me for um, surgery. And I tell that I tell the nurse, "What's happening to me? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like so scared, and like I've never been so scared in my life." And I'm like, um, am I, am I going to be okay? Am I going to live? And she's like, yeah, it's, it's a really shallow cut. And I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, promise me. And wow. she's like, I promise. Wow. And that's when she put the mask over my face and then I just, it went black. Wow. I think, um... I think it's important also to mention um, there's so many layers to your life but I feel like before that happened when you were staying with me in Benito there was a time where where you got jumped actually walking to my home oh yeah yeah and um, that was frightening too and then when this happened it was just like wow my god you know it's just and I I know that like at this point now we know that like you know you have like you 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 um experienced depression and like you know and that finally got like diagnosed you know so that you could address it but man I was like dude no wonder this guy's depressed because he's like what is going on like the, these schmucks like jumped me they literally fractured your you know like like when I saw you in the hospital, I couldn't believe it, you know? And, um, I, I don't know if you felt comfortable talking about that, but I just, I really want people to understand, like, my God, you know? Like, and as I listen to your story, and in this capacity right now, and being friends for so long, and going through what we've gone through together, um, there's so much that we've gone through together. Um, I feel like this time... I really was able to feel and 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 be there like with you as a friend whereas other times it was like oh my god oh my god oh my god but we got to like do this you know we got to like do that you know and you, and and we get caught up in like the everything about New York and and we don't really get that space to sit with that and like really understand it 
and it's just like you've had so many struggles that it's just like Jesus you know yeah. so um, I'm just saying that now because I'm just like dude like you're a miracle you're a miracle it's like the enemy tried to take you out when you were a boy he tried to take you out when you were a younger man he tried to discourage you when you were in your 20s he tried to like like take you out when you were just walking through an alleyway in Harlem you know and then and 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 back then it was like there were so many voices because people feel like they didn't know how to be there for you and so they said what they would say you know and a lot of people said a lot of stuff you know and and I always I always would say to people I'm like no I had a vision he's going to have housing he's going to be good he's going to be well and we were far from today back then yeah you know what I mean we were far from today back then and um I remember getting in fights and with my with my you know at the time my wife you know all kinds of stuff because you know of believing in you and then also when what happened at the Bowery happened, there was no way I could be for you, be there for you at all. I was in another part of the entire country, you know? And um, and I feel like that was like this moment where I don't care who I'm with or where I'm going, like, <laughs> this is gonna be open always, you know? Where, where I am and the person I am, where I've been, and I can't expect people to understand that. I can't even expect my wife to understand it, you know, when I'm married again. But they will understand it now because I get another chance because <laughs> I'm divorced. <laughs> but, like, I just, I really wanted to say that because I feel like the times that you shared it with me, it was such a shock that I really didn't know how to respond. And it's like there was no words. But, like, as you share it now, I'm just like, dang, man, I'm so sorry. But you are a miracle. And God has great plans for your life. He wants to use your life. He's using, he's going to use your life. And even with this pitiful podcast, he's going to use it. And he's going to raise it. And he's going to grow it. Because your story is important. And we're not even talking about all of the story. We're talking about, like, the... the you know what I mean? Like the icebergs of events in your life. But there's these little events in your life that are super significant too. Yeah, and, yeah. And everything we did with Underground Church and all of that stuff and our relationship. But, um, okay, so now you're at St. Vincent's. Go there. Yeah, I... Just a side note, I have forgotten about being jumped when I lived with you. Wow. I totally, like... I could forgot never forget that. that. Huh? I could never forget that. When I listened to the yeah, voicemail, yeah. I was on the F train yeah. going to... No, I was on the M train going back to Bushwick when I came back from Hawaii. You know, I just came back from my honeymoon. I'm on my voicemail. I haven't heard my voicemails in a month, right? I'm listening to these voicemails. Most of them are like BS. Like, you know, can you cover me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can you cover me for work? I'm like, no, I told you I'm leaving for a month, right? And then one of them is you. And he's like, yo, I just got out of, like, the hospital. I was cut. 
like I nearly died. I'm like, oh my God. I look at Kristen and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, you know? And then I was just like, oh my God, you know? And it was just like, like a state of shock. Like it was just, I was just like, Kristen, do you know what this person went through when he lived with me in Harlem? And just trying to explain that. And then just being like, you know, and then the struggles after that, as you pursued your housing, as you began to believe in it again, to fight for your life. So I just, I also believe too that sometimes it takes, it takes people realizing like, no one can get this for me but me. And unfortunately, that sucks. But I'm, but I feel like that was a wake that that part of your life was just such a whoa, and also your little niece, you know, was just such a wake up call for you to live, and yeah. you, and ever since then you've lived your life. I feel like you've continued to grow into a man that lives his life like I don't know, I don't know when I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna be with the people that sow into my life. So anyway, you're you're asking Vincent's and but that but we get that we could get to that later. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh You're doing great, thank you. I just wanted to acknowledge that I remember the next thing waking up in the recovery room and I felt man, I felt just a a, a state of euphoria that's like mm. like no other high I've known like mm. just like this feeling of like am I awake is this real life and like wow my god thank you I'm like I'm alive I'm really alive I want to live right now and I, I, I just really want to live my life. Wow. And it was, it, oh man, I don't know. I just can't describe the feeling again. I, I just want to like. There's, there's an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where, Picard like, enters, enters this time loop, mm, and with Q. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Q's on it. Okay. So uh, he entered this time loop, and he's he's reliving the same, the same, uh, the same moment in his life repeatedly. Okay. And like, but but it was it's a it's a distraction by, I think the Romulans to like keep him keep him distracted. Okay. But um, I but I think about that. Like, if there was a moment in my life where I could live eternally over and over again, it would be like it would be that moment because it just reminded me of how much I I needed to the vigor I needed to have for life. Mm. And like, I've always I'm I'm trying to find that. To this day, because like I just uh, further on is we I'll get to that further on in the story, but 
then like I uh so um so I'm like being rehabilitated in the hospital, you know, the hospital. Um I was after after that happened, I was there for two days and then you know, they they just they just kicked me out because somebody had to like uh they they just needed bed needed the bed so they're like oh yeah you're fine so which is like I don't know I just been through a traumatic dude that's insane thing. like it's insane they said like, this is just go they just pack patch you up and then and you just got then oh you god you yeah just, and then, wow like no I assume that that stuff doesn't happen on a regular where you're getting where people are getting stabbed up at Bowery. Like, I mean, did you see it when you were there? See what? Like, anyone else get stabbed up at Bowery? No, no. Okay, then I'm assuming that that doesn't happen regularly. So the treatment of you sounds freaking crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's they didn't even have me see uh, a therapist or anything mm. after. I think since then too, they've changed directors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my bro- my friend Brian Mole is a part of that now, and he's an amazing man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's part of the Rescue Alliance. So I try to make arrangements, you know, with with my family. I think I think that's when my aunt let me move back in with her. Wow, how did your aunt respond to that? But then she, she she just felt I don't know. She felt I don't know. Did she feel in some I ways did, responsible? I feel like she's very. Uh, in the moment, like, you know, when they heard what happened to me, you know, they went crazy and like she she probably caught some guilt and uh, my sister caught some guilt and my niece was like just in tears. Wow. Um mm. so they let me live back with them a while. But they were like she was like big into the Pentecostal church at that time and she had all these rules and like I had to come back at you had a curfew and stuff you're like a a 30, 40 something year old man having a curfew and I couldn't watch certain shows dude she got mad at me because I was watching Will and Grace <laughs> That's crazy. It's gay people and wild. They like it's yeah, like, there's demons through the, the TV and like. I love Will and Grace. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a good such show. Well, great show. Oh man. And then um, word up to Grace too. <laughs> so uh, it's awesome. So yeah, after the. So after a while, she was like, well, if you can't follow my rules, then you have to, I can't, you can't live with me anymore. Okay. Wow. So I'm like, oh my God. I don't know what to do. I'm like, it's crazy. Wow. You know, I'm okay. in, so is, I, uh. This is like 2009, 2010? Yeah, yeah, about that. Okay. So, um. Let me see. Uh, I I went back to the Byron Mission, which is like crazy because um, 
No, wait a minute. I lived with my friend Sean and Rose Angel before. That's right. Yeah. After you left us, you lived with Sean and Rose Angel. Yeah, for right? a little bit. And then, um, with. And. I probably still have your Marvel encyclopedia. Oh. Yeah. You left it at Benito's, and then Great. Benito was yeah. like, "Brother, brother, you have to take this with you." I'm like, "That's Antonio's." He's like, "But it's yours because you're, your friends." I'm like, "Well, you're friends with them too." But anyway, you know how that ended. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, God bless him. He's doing good. So um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good on Um. Yeah. I so, think Salvador though. I think he went back home. Oh. Yeah, I think he went home. Cool, because the United States is just like... Yeah, he was very terrible. troubled living here. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a justice fighter. Well, I have mm-hmm. trouble living here. <laughs> well, I mean, anyone who's conscious should have trouble living yeah, yeah. here. How <laughs> like, could you do that unless you're, like, sleeping? So, anyway, I, I, um... Yeah. Um... Yeah, Shannon Rose Angel, I, I, they're they're really great friends, and um, you know I remember when I when I was first cut, they were the first ones to like see me. Wow. They ran into the into my into my room. Wow. To see me. Beautiful. Yeah. So they're they're like my my brother and sister to me, and mm. the kids are like my nephews. But their family and you know the situation with them was temporary. Okay. So. So um. I. Checked out. I got um. Told about this uh, drop-in center called Main Chance. Okay. Yep. I know about Main Um, Chance. So. I went to check that out, and um, so they had they had a pretty good um, program. You know, they would uh, let you hang out during the day, and um, you know they they had social workers there who work who you know worked with you, but mm-hmm. they didn't really work with you. Okay. Um, it just kind of like consoled yeah, you yeah, emotionally. Yeah, there for a paycheck. Mm. So um, I like to say console you emotionally, like help you. Well, not even that. <laughs> they didn't even make you feel hurt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, that's real. <laughs> so uh, I I re- I remember when when I was uh, staying at um the Bellevue shelter that had been a, a couple of workers that came around from college for the homeless. Oh, okay. And then... Thank God. Them yeah, up. and then, um, so, that was, uh, that, that was a few years prior to this. Okay. So, when I'm, when I'm saying that main chance, um, I, I'm a, I'm a big comic book head so when I'm in, when I was in a, a comic store, just browsing, I I see this guy 
this man that I know, and I'm like, and he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, and, and it's one of the workers who came to the bar, to, wow, to the movie shelter wow. when I was standing. He's like, oh, wow, you collect comics? And I'm like, yeah, it was a kid. He's like, wow, let me give you my number, man. Yeah, let's have coffee, and we could, like, um, you know, just talk about comics. Yeah. Are you still on the screen? I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, yeah. Come out to my office, man. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can help you out, man. Wow. And so, and I'm like, I, I turned heavenward, and I'm like, thank you. Wow. I remember when you met them because yeah, I was yeah, working at that Slice. Was, that's I'll never totally forget. God. I'll never forget. You called me and told me about it. Totally, God. Yeah. And then and I just so, want to take one second. I just want to explain to um, the people who are listening who the Coalition for the Homeless are. Because honestly, I believe this is the organization that's doing... If there's any organization doing anything to end homelessness, it's the Coalition for the Homeless. If you're thinking about donating to an organization this year or like adding to your giving, I would give to the Coalition for the Homeless. The Coalition for the Homeless is the oldest not-for-profit advocacy group focused on homelessness in the United States. The Coalition has engaged in landmark litigation to protect the rights of homeless people, including the right to shelter and the right to vote, and also advocates for long-term solutions to the problem of homelessness. They were formed in 1981, and the Coalition provided much of the organization and experience that was later used to found the National Coalition for the Homeless in 1984. The Coalition has offices in New York and Albany. Um, you can find out more um, just doing a simple Google search to the Coalition for the Homeless. Um, I looked on, I actually looked on Wikipedia because it's just easier and whatever. But their website is coalitionforthehomeless.org. And um, please, um, please check it out. If you go on their website, you'll see that 63,092 people are homeless. And sleeping in shelters in New York City right now. If you go on the website, it says it right there. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share with you who Coalition for the Homeless are. Because after Antonio interacted with them, I started to do research on them. And um, I was amazed. They're really they're really like one of the only ones actually making real, real significant change. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so after I met Patrick, that was the worker's name, he, uh, things just started to, like, you know, pick up fast. Mm. So they, uh, they, they hooked me up with, like, see, you know, going around to different sites, seeing different buildings, different places. And, but I was, meanwhile, I was still staying at Main Chance. Oh. And then main chance wow. was like, no, you can't work with two agencies. If mm. you're working, if you're working with another agency, you gotta go. Wow. Okay. I've so I called Patrick up, and Patrick is like, who they think they is. <laughs> so Patrick called up the head of DHS. Whoa. Whoa. Is Patrick a lawyer? No, Patrick oh, okay. is uh just got outreach worker. Yeah, Patrick's just an, an outreach worker. Um, but he 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 has he a has head pulled. on his shoulder. Okay, cool. So he so 
he had did just call up me and Chance and be like, uh-uh, you can't. He stays. Wow. So I was able to stay at me and Chance. Everything was good? They didn't respond or get weird with you? Well, they, they yeah. I w- so I was staying at me and Chance, and then one day I came back, and they were like, your case is closed. Did you find me and Chance through All Angels? Because weren't you staying with All Angels for a minute? No, I didn't. St- I didn't. I didn't. Find- I oh, never okay. stayed at All Angels. Okay. At the shelter. I wondered if there was like. Uh, I wondered if they ever found your place because you were you were with some stuff that was faith based. A little bit. Maybe it was just Bowery. Well, I stayed at St. George's. Oh, that might that, be. That may be what you're thinking about. When yeah. we were. That's faith based. It's got Saint. Yeah. Saint yeah. in the word. So. Um, anyway. Okay. Cool. So you're at Main Chance. I know Main Chance very yeah, much. Yeah. So, so they were like, your case closed. And so I called Patrick up and he's like, oh, yeah, they're playing hardball. I'll hook you up at, at another shelter because the thing was, I couldn't move into my new apartment until the first. And so, wow. They were like, all right, we're going to, we're, Patrick was like, okay, I'm, I'll put you in the temporary, in the shelter temporary, in drop center. You only have to stay there for two days, and then you could go to the apartment that, you know, we hooked you up with. It's yours. You and know? how long did that take? Huh? How many months did that take for you to get the apartment? How many months? From where? Like, from the time you met Patrick till you walked into your apartment. I want to say three months. It was fast. But I remember I was, it being fast. Yeah, it was fast. I remember I remember, you asking to stay over because you were going to get your papers on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And I remember getting in a huge fight with Kristen. Yeah. Because, you know, my marriage was in trouble at that point and, and I backed down and, and, you know, it's... Marriage is tough and sometimes, you know, whatever. But... I mean, at the same time, like, because of the struggles and everything, and I was like, and because of my disbelief in the system, yeah. I was like, I don't know, I mean, maybe he's going to, I don't know, you know, but he needs, to, he needs a place to stay, right? So we're getting in a huge fight, and I just don't want to fight anymore. So I'm like, okay, and I understand, um, I understand uh, what, like, um, I understand where she's coming from, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you showed up that Wednesday with papers. And I remember reading those papers and being like, yo, this this looks like a lease. <laughs> You're like, it is. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And like, I'm like, oh, my God. You know? And I'm like, praise God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, this is a lease. And I'm like, reading it, I'm like, oh, my God. You only pay this much money. Oh, my God. And you're like... They're like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like immediately go crazy. He got an apartment, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was so pissed, but I was also so happy and like, it, it it overrides all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because we ultimately it happened. You know what I mean? And so it was about like seeing your place and you know describe what that was like for you, like when you got those papers and well, yeah. Did it I- did it feel real until? 
like you were in your apartment? Or like, well, did it feel real when you were in yeah, your apartment? That's the thing. I can't, like, because the way I was back then, I couldn't, like, I could never, like, believe something until it actually happened. Especially good news, I right? I mean, even now, I, I still can't. Wow. So, um... And if you don't mind... Do you do you have a ballpark figure of maybe how long you were experiencing homelessness for until you met Patrick? Like you've stayed with me and stuff like that, but in New York, if you don't have your name on a lease, you're technically homeless. About fifteen years. Wow. Wow. Ballpark. Wow. Dang, bro. But it makes a lot of sense. With the arrested development and where you're at now and where you're going, you know, well, because now you're finally, done. finally like we're n- we're not there yet, but we're like you're you're at least you have a place and it's like we can yeah, build yeah, from there. Yeah. So okay, continue. I just I want people, you know, what I mean? you whatever. I've been saying it. I want them to understand. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you're not just like Antonio Hernandez. You're like freaking Antonio Hernandez. You know what I mean? So, like, that's really important. Like, your child of God, he loves you, and and you had a hard life, but, man, this 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 pain is going to be used. Yeah. It's going to be used, man. So, um... Yeah. Yeah, I... Wow. So, I... So, you got the paperwork. Okay. No, no. Okay. I didn't, I'm, I'm going to rewind a little bit oh, okay. before I get the paperwork. Okay. So I go up, so the Monday morning, I remember this, the Monday morning, I go up to to where they told me where they took, give me the directions to the building and everything. Um, and then they're like, okay, you, you wait in front of the building for the real estate agent and she's going to give you the lease so you can sign it. And then... Uh, so I follow the directions, I go up to the building. I'm waiting in front of the building. Nobody's there. Wow. And I'm like, oh, I pray and I'm like, God, what are you, what's going on? Am I not gonna get this apartment? I'm so close, I just, I, I, I really felt like this was, this was it. So mm. I called the worker, like Patrick, was Patrick? There were two two uh, army truckers working with me, Patrick and Leslie. Um, so I called Leslie up because Patrick had a, a workload, so he 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 referred me over to Leslie, and they worked kind of in conjunction. So I called Leslie, and Leslie's like, "Okay, calm down. I'll see what what I'll give her a call, and I see what's happening." So I hang up on Leslie and I'm like, really, I'm praying. I'm like, God, let something be, um, you know, something that's gone wrong is gonna be corrected all. Like, Cause I really want, this is, this is really what I, I need this. And so I get a call a few minutes later and Les, it's Leslie and Leslie's like, Oh yeah, she's upstairs in the apartment, and I'm wow. like, really? And I'm like, yeah, she's like, 
Well, you told me to wait in front. Yeah, well, she's in the apartment. I'm sorry. So, and I'm like, what apartment is it? She's like, the Five, apartment right? number. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what it is, too. So, no, I'm not going to say it on oh, the okay. show. Okay. So, um, I ring the bell, and she rings me up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it. So I would like go to the apartment, ring the doorbell, and it's a real estate agent, and like, yada, 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 she gives me the lease, and she's like, this is your apartment, enjoy. And I'm like, and then, wow. like, I close the door, I lock my door. <laughs> Deadbolt and everything, and right? And <laughs> I plop on the bed. Wow, furnished. And I'm like, no, that that wasn't furnished. There was a there were, there was a, I had a kitchenette, a bed, and so. But the point is, I plopped on the bed, and I just felt this. It was it was a, like I felt like I I arrived. Just mm. that this is the accumulation cumul- of a journey mm. of a heart, and it was hard earned. And it was like, like I remember you always used to tell me, go out and get yours. And like I, I mean I had help, but it it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered if I just. Like I had my part, I had my part in it. I, I was obedient. I did the footwork. You did everything Patrick asked you to do. I was so proud of you. Exactly. Because years ago you were resistant, but that was because of the wounds from life that made you distrust people, and and I think like also there was this part of you, even with me sometimes, where it took me so long to get to where I'm at. And that is like, I believe the lie that I'm supposed to have this shitty life, but that's not God's plan. That's a lie. Yeah, yeah. That's a lie. And we got to remove people in our lives that tell us that that's the way Dude, it's supposed I, to be. I, when I'm done with Jefferson, Jefferson Besky's book, yeah, I, he talks about that. Wow. He talks about like that, that that's not our design. We are designed by God to be successful. That's we're not plan. we're our design is not to feel depressed and feel down about our lives. We are princes and princesses of the living God. Wow. Our design that is our design. Wow. Come Dude, on. It's like Come on, Jefferson. He, Jefferson's so amazing. He's yeah. like And what book is that? That's the new one? Um just yes, in case content to out with the hustle. Wow. And his, to his, Hell with the Hustle by Jefferson Bethke. Yeah, yeah. And his first book, which is Jesus is Greater Than Religion, that book actually helped me t- helped me a lot. Like when I was on the street, I read that book when I was on the street. And that that coupled with um, Jay Baker's book, Faith, Lies, Lies oh, and, Faith and Doubt and Other Lines I've yeah, Crossed Along that, the Way. Those two books combined, they helped me. Love that book. They helped me to stay faithful. Wow. Throughout the hell I was going through. Man, I, I can't wait to tweet 
or or Instagram Jay and tell him that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that that book out of all of his books got the most controversy from oh. people. And um, and I remember when I read it, when I finished reading it for the first time, I was like, Jay, this is your best book. Yeah, this yeah. is your best book. This book is really amazing. And he said, Bro, your tweet has made my year. You know, because Jay was living in Williamsburg. You know, he yeah, went yeah. through all of that, and and now um, he's in Minnesota, and he he struggles with depression as well, and he's he's recently come out about that in recent years, and um, but he's doing really well. He remarried. He's doing really well. He leads a revolution church in Minneapolis. Cool, cool. And um, I know he would love to hear that, dude. That yeah. out of all the books, because y'all, you've been reading, bro. Out of all the books, the books that sustained you, where Jesus is greater than religion, and faith and doubt and other lines I've crossed along the way. Yeah. By my personal friend, Jay Baker, who's also the personal friend and pastor to Mike Ness. You know what I mean? Cool. And like we're part of that tribe. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We we like part. Of course, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt, bro. So um. That's right. Yeah. So uh, and then and it's like, it's it's just so terrible because like wow. the Church of Christ and cults like that will teach you like wow. not to like you can't ask questions like this is what God, you know you can't question God. This is like what. Yeah. Uh, what God is leading you to because whatever well God I remember dispute to you yeah I mean I remember just like after the Henry Crete letter came out we talked about Henry Crete in the first episode um when the Henry Crete letter came out I met Underground Church you introduced me to Underground Church yeah yeah and I remember telling everyone in CR because I was a CR leader CR means chemical recovery it was like our church's version hey hey of AA, and um, we're just breaking stuff. We're getting like we're like Limbiscuit out here. Yeah, we it, oh. yeah. Every time we talk about church Christ, we get mad. <laughs> yeah, just start throwing stuff. Yeah, throwing anyway, shit. no, we got love. We got love. There's grace. There's mercy. Um, what is then is is then, and this is now. Yeah. So um, amen. amen. So shout out to S. E. Hinton. Love you. Thank you. You're the reason I read today. Anyway. If you if you don't know who Essie Hinton is, check out The Outsiders by Essie Hinton. It's also Rob Lowe's first movie. You know, Amelia Estevez, like everyone you've ever known. <laughs> um, but anyway, Essie Hinton is the reason I read. Um, and so uh, that'll be another episode. Um, but I just, uh, I'm really, um, it, it's important to mention that because when I started going to underground church, Nobody at Church of Christ wanted to do outreach. Nobody wanted to reach out to anybody. They're like, I don't have a conviction about it. I don't know what I feel about that. I don't care about what you feel about it. People in Harlem are dying. You know? And then that was Jesus' whole mission. I mean I mean literally midweek service was like fifteen people and we'd be in a circle talking about like what we have a conviction about and what we don't. And then I was like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm going I'm going to Derek's house. We're gonna cook some food in Underground Church and Austin and and Justin and all and Antonio and we're gonna go out and love people at Union Square, Washington Square Park, Penn Station, Times Square, yeah. you name it, right? And the vents by NYU, and yeah. and my life and my faith was brought back from the dead. Yeah, I mean my faith was dying. 
I was really because we were putting ourselves in Jesus's sandals. Whoa, whoa! Say that That's again. That's what Jesus was all about, man. Wow. He was here for the broken. Mm, wow. He was here to save, to heal the broken, to heal the sick. Wow, wow! He said, and, uh, "It's uh, it's the sick who need a physician, not yes, those that are yes. well." Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So, um, yeah. Getting back to me, cause yeah. this is all about me, bro. Amen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Amen. No. It's it's the Antonio um, show. So I'm. <laughs> So um, on that we're just going to take a brief pause And come right back Thank you for listening to Who Dares Wins Hey thank you so much for listening to Who Dares Wins I'm JP Ross We're back with Antonio Hernandez We're having an amazing discussion It's just amazing miracles God is real Um, But we're back now with Antonio And uh, so you were just about to say What you were Um, saying Well I'm, I'm in my apartment um, I've been there for about seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in therapy, um, but it's just. So was that part of the plan? Like simultaneously, you have your housing plus therapy. Yeah, yeah, because um, I I I think the the HC which runs my my building. Mm-hmm. They requires you to go to therapy because it's it's a it's a building for for it specifically for the mentally challenged. In that building. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So okay. um. Yeah, I'm going to therapy, but I, I, even to this day, I struggle because I'm like I feel like I'm unmotivated mm, okay. like I have I have all this this vision but I I'm like so like I question myself so much right mm. and then I'm just like cause, cause I, I've had this idea to write my my story yeah. to, to write it and to get a book out and I still intend to do that but you know I just get so depressed and like like you said earlier like I'm a miracle and I'm like freaking it on your hands I don't feel like that Mm, okay. I don't, and it's like mm-hmm. when when it it just like many people feel like that. The times I'm happiest is when I'm with my friends and with my family, but honestly, I don't. I feel like I'm the only one working on my relationships. Mm, seems one you know, because I don't, I don't get phone calls. I call people, I reach out, and it's like, sometimes there's just like, it it gets exhausting, and, you know, I I feel like if they don't care about me, like, 
why should I care about them? And it's just like so much like that beats me down. Right. And then, you know, I'm just like, you know, mm. is it would anybody really care to read about me? To read about what happened to me? Mm. And like, I want to do it. I want to like write. I've had some place for, you know, seven years now. And like, I've written probably a page and a half. Because I don't have that confidence in myself. And that page and a half is fire. <laughs> fire. I'm yeah, you, this I, guy, I just don't have any faith You in like me. Chuck Palahniuk, you know, wait till you read Antonio Hernandez. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. But yeah, this I guy's mean, like um, the prodigy. This is like the prodigy, <laughs> the, the proto, the the. I don't know, like what you would say is like a person that comes after someone. But yeah, I need, I need to like, yeah. There's, there's so many like I've, and I've even asked Chuck for help. Like, Chuck Blank is my favorite um prose author. Um. I I've asked him. For, it's so funny because I I've 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 seen him like seven times. <laughs> the last time I saw him, he was like, "Hey, I know you." Like, <laughs> I come up next to the line. He's like, "Hey, I know you," and I'm like, "Yeah." It's like just <laughs> so friendly and like he he just makes he just has a heart. You know, he's really grateful for his fans. And like you can just really tell. Well, if you don't know who Chuck Palahniuk is, um, if you've ever heard of the movie Fight Club with Brad Pitt, or books like Choke, Survivor, um, Invisible Monsters, Beautiful the, You, Beautiful You, I really recommend. Beautiful You, highly recommended. Um, yeah, he's just incredible, incredible writer. Um, Lullaby, whoa, that's one of my favorite books. Yeah. Um, you just want to check him out. Chuck Palahniuk. Easy. Simple Google. It's Google search Chuck Palahniuk. You will thank me later. Um, but this man oh, is not very... Gets not everyone gets him. That's true. That's true. He's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I would say if there's any author that has impacted you greatly, it's him. Yeah. It's him. I would really say like... I feel like it was me and you that went to see him at the Apple store, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, he was wearing that pink shirt. I was yeah, like, dude, yeah. he make pink look good. <laughs> it's like Chuck Palahniuk looking good out here, bro. Yeah. It's like, I'm not even gay, but this guy looking good. <laughs> and then you were like waiting for the bathroom, right? You were yeah, like yeah, right next yeah, to him yeah. waiting for the bathroom. <laughs> I'll never forget that, dude. That was fire. That was when Choke became a movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you want to check him out. I mean, he's impacted Antonio's life so great. So I feel like Chuck Palahniuk, Jefferson Bethke, Jay Baker, um, and then some other writers, but those... those Graham Morrison. Graham Morrison. Graham Morrison is a comic book writer. Mm, wow. Um, I, would say, I would say, too, like the role of comic books in your life really kept you at least childlike, but also like hopeful. 
Well, yeah, you know, I mean, believing it, in an alternative, yeah, but not, but not, not corny, you know, like because you, you, you're the one comic book guy I know that like when we would go to like Marvel Comics or something, and I'd be like, oh, you should work here, you know, and you're like, no, man, like I can't stand comic book people who think this is real. Yeah, I I thought that was so funny. (laughs) You know, like I just I just pictured you being like at comic book conventions, like it's not real. Yeah, I can't I can't stand fanboys. Fanboys are the worst, right? Is there is there a cor- correlation with that though? Comic books and well, yeah, when when like, cause I didn't grow up with a father figure, mm. so I learned all my morals from superheroes. Wow, like, and me, me, and like, one of my best friends, my brother Lamont, we had this joke that Adam West is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that's my my bad dad. So, that's um, so cool. So yeah, so but cool. I all my morals, all my character, I learned from superheroes because they like, especially the ones that don't have any powers or limited superpowers, like Batman and Daredevil, because they they sacrifice themselves to like. Mm want to help others like Superman. He has all this power in the world. He could rule the world if he wants to, but he suppresses his powers to help people. Mm. And and you know, it it like even like wow. he has his vulnerability. He has kryptonite, but even in spite of the danger of running into that, he still like heroes will always find a way. That's why. That's why Man of Steel pissed me off when he like snaps his enemy's neck. Like Superman would never do that. Superman yeah, always Superman finds a way. Yeah, and. And so I learned all my morals from heroes. And that's like, I want to be a, a, I I strive to be a hero to some, to people. I strive to help people. That's my heart. That's why when we were doing outreach with the underground church, it's like, that's what I want. I remember Derek one time saying like, this guy's homeless himself, but yes, he wants to help other homeless people. And yeah, like that, I I remember that that about Derek. Mm. That one thing. Wow. So um. Wow. That that impressed him mm. about me. So um. Yeah. I could, just, I could just picture him saying it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like, uh, <laughs> it'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You're you're an amazing guy. So I I just wow. I'm just trying to like get that fervor back, like when I was like when I first woke up of like wanting to live my life, mm. wanting to like really. 
um, make something of my life. That, and like that's what I was talking about with um, with Johnny, a friend of ours who go who um, I was at. I visited his church service yesterday, and like, and we even we discussed this last time. I want to. I'm praying for 2020 to be my year, man. Amen. I just like, cause I I want to I want. I, I want to move. I want to start writing. I want a relationship. Um, and I just want to grow as the man I'm, I should, I ought to be. But I, I feel like I, I've missed out mm. so much. So, I mean, I know God is in control of my life and he's like, he's, he's orchestrating it the way he would. Wow. But I still feel like he's a so, redeemer. Hmm. I I feel like stunted, you know, like like I'm I ought to be someplace where I'm not, you know. But I just felt I just felt um one I agree with all of that and I believe in it and I believe this is this is your year. I also believe you just celebrated a birthday. And I, I believe that, honestly, I just felt what leaped in my spirit was 50s, the new 30. Like, because when I met you, I felt like you were in your 30s. And and we were just discovering these things together. It was almost like, in some ways, because maybe because of everything that happened to you, like, it was like, wow, like, I don't know who Antonio is prior to meeting him <laughs> at, at, in these, like, last couple years, you know? And now we've known each other for a long time. And I believe it with all my heart, brother. Like, that's why I had you on the show. And this is probably where we can close. But, like, I that's why I had you on the show. That's why I wanted you to be my first interview. Um, I, I I had ideas and everything. But I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, the bread and butter to my existence has been overcoming the challenges I've faced in my life and when I think about a person who's overcome challenges and is still fighting and 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 that's relatable is you and I was like we might not be able to get him a computer we might not be able to get him an an ability yet to somehow transcribe what he says into written word right but we can get him on a podcast I can get him on a podcast I can get him to tell his story and from that story, hopefully we can create a buzz and then we can maybe garner resources to get you so you can get some writing done. You know, and there's a lot of avenues now. There's 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 word to um word to text, there's all kinds of things. And you know, the com- the computer too, like even if it's a slow process, but bro, with everything you've been through, the way you write and even your grammar is my grammar sucks but your grammar is good and it's like even no matter whoever you are who's listening right now no matter where you are in your station in life man there is nothing stopping you but you there's nothing stopping us but us nothing stopping me the world is you 
Wait, the world is the ours. World is mine. The world is mine. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. Who's mine? <laughs> Nas, man. That's a, right. Nas is a prophet, bro. Nah, yeah. Nazi. Word. But, um, um, but I, I just I just want to say that and I, as we kind of come to a close and maybe you give final remarks, but like, I really do believe that like this, you know, let this be... Um, an encouragement let this be you know an opportunity not just like a friend with a show but like actually like an opportunity man you've stepped out you you've had friends that have put you in comedy you got to experience that you you've had some experiences and I really believe like I feel like going forward like I'm to call you every morning and be like you're alive and try and like reinvigorate that moment yeah. I felt like that's what Holy Spirit was saying. It was like, reinvigorate that moment so that he knows. Because when you were sharing about your time being alive, I was sharing about that time when I got my apartment in Jersey City. And I was like, I did it. I I did it. I, I, I got what I need outside of after my divorce. I got what I need after my marriage. I got... I did it on my own with my friends, though. But... Well, on my own I pay for it on my own it's my name you know and then like where God has me now and I see where God has you now and there's times where like we have to call each other and remind ourselves of life skills yeah yeah and, you yeah. know cause it's a mindset but any closing remarks you wanna leave yeah, people yeah and... I really feel like God is giving me a gift of like words and speech like I've been told that I like that I have a way with my words mm Wow. And it's like, and even like the poetry I read, like people would read it and be like, oh, this is good. And I'm like, it's crap. But I, like, I'm my biggest critic. I can, like, you know, yeah, I, I just need to, like, I just need to be more confident in myself. And, like, something that I read from Chuck. He he says when you when you have a story and you actually write it out on paper or you actually say it, it becomes part of the ether and it becomes for lack of a better term tangible. And so you can finally See it and and work it work work it into something malleable. Mm. Um, wow. So I'm I'm just uh, yeah I I wanna I wanna start getting motivated. I'm not like I'm just I need to start getting motivated and like. There's, there's different um, reminders, different things that is is uh that is um that that's that I come across as like uh, remind me to to do something and then go for it. Like I was listening to this morning, you know, it's my world, you know. And um, 
I I just I just need to need to really uh motivate myself find that find that find that spark that I can work off of. Um I will I will say this, the inspiration that I have received and and like how I feel so good about where my life is right now has a lot to do with the community that I'm a part of now at church and like those friends that I've made it's like it kind of helped a lot to go to a smaller place but also to go to a place that believes in me and will speak good things into me consistently and then like they see the gold in me like the way we see the gold in you and then if you continue to hear that and people encourage you with it like it really does take an effect but I will say this too we have to fight we have to fight for our our thoughts we have to fight and sometimes yeah. it means like like for me i i spend a lot of time listening to worship music and because i need that reinforcement of the promises of god because this world is not going to remind you of the promises of god like like sometimes sometimes being alive is amazing but like sometimes it's not going to because it's not going to remind you of the character and quality of God, right? And we have to understand too, like who we are praying to and who we are thinking about, and not everyone is 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 on the same team, and and so you want to be like, you want to have the right team around you, and and that's what's helped me the most, and and that's why I started the podcast is because the way, the way to respond, to fear, and. And beating myself up, being like, I haven't done nothing. You know what I mean? And if you look at my last year's episodes, they're so sporadic. They're like broken up into months apart. But, you know, this year it's about putting out constant content and building on it. Because God has shown me and he's shown me with the way he's moved in my family and in my life and in your life. You know, that he is alive and he is real. And that he lives inside you. And he has given you everything you need to become everything you've ever wanted to be. And age is only a number. You know? Like, age is only a number. Anything that we want to get fixed, like my lost teeth from bicycle accidents. And like poor management, you know? Of self-worth and health, whatever it is. But man, God is good, man. Because now, I love the life I live. I like... I work out, I, I'm eating right, you know what I mean? And like these things take proaction. So <clears throat> that's what I was going to say. And I'm so happy that you've been coming more and more. And like even if you're just listening, you're, you're getting that information. You're getting that, that, that source, you know? And, it's, and part of that getting that source is you have to get a clear message about the character and identity of God. Because the character and identity of God is directly related to who we are as people. Because we're his creation. We're his children. Created for good works. And so, I think the sky's the limit for you. I've seen how much you've grown since starting therapy. And now you're doing physical therapy. And I want to just say, before I let you finish. um, I just want to say, if you've been moved by listening to this, please reach out to me. And um, I would love to have um, an opportunity to just sew into Antonio and sew into this project to get him writing. 
um, to even add to his apartment, even add to just adding to the quality of his life. And if you've been moved by that, please reach out to me at who dares wins podcast at gmail.com who dares wins podcast at gmail we'll call it like the neo fund you know and where we can just really sow into not just hearing and saying this guy's great or that we we love him and believe in him but really backing it up with um finances resources support love bible says that where your heart is your treasure will be there also and so if we, what we treasure the most is where our heart's going to be. So if I say I love someone, but I don't sow into them, then do I really consider them? Are they really a treasure to me? Anyway, just something to think about and something that challenges me to this day. And so I just want to challenge you if you felt moved and you want to be a part of that. I just feel like God is saying you know, to sow into that. We're going to call it the Neo Fund. And you can email me at whodareswinspodcast at gmail.com. And um, so we can get this boy writing. We need to get this man's book out. Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. It's so interesting that you, when you mentioned having the right team around you and like, because I can be really skeptical. Like, I can like there's been so many like false voices around me and like I um at times I could be a little for lack of a better term gullible I guess mm. I don't want to well I don't want to use well yeah um so um I have a hard time giving compliments and I have a hard time believing compliments <laughs> and like if yeah. I think you're phony I won't like receive touch to okay and like yeah you know <laughs> that's real like but like, you need to <laughs> I'm keeping it real we yeah, need I to you I had to real. learn like, and I had to learn how to receive compliments you know yeah, and it's really good. It's good. The Bible says, "Let another man praise you, and not your own lips." Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so when someone praises you, God, God's with it. God's like, "Yo, man, from his lips to my ears, or whatever." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, one of my one of my favorite movies recently is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> If you haven't seen that movie... <laughs> that movie's amazing. That movie's amazing. See it. Wow. But anyway, there's this one scene in it where, like, the spider team is discussing whether, uh, you know, the, the main protagonist, Miles Morales, if he's ready for a certain mission. And they're like, we don't think he's ready. We, we you know, we're, we're not... He's going to you know, bring us out and he's gonna strike we're always gonna take care of him like and 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 the 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 real Peter Parker he he's like give the kid a chance he deserves it. and so he's outvoted. Mm. So Peter Parker has to tell Miles Morales that he's not like he's gotta sit the mission out. So he he's like kid. You can't come with us. You're not ready for the mission. 
you know, you, you, you need, you need more time. Mm. And he's like, Mal tells me, but when am I going to know it's my time? When am I going to, like, when am I gonna, I, I know I'm ready. When it, when I, when I, when is it going to be my time for you, you, so I can show you I'm ready. And Peter just looks at him, he's like, you know, kids, sometimes it's a leap of faith. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Wow. And then there's a there's a part in like there's a there's another part at the very end of the movie where um you know it's like because Peter's from another dimension so the original Peter Parker yeah 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 so so Miles is like you gotta go back home he's like but and then. Peter had this, uh, this broken marriage and he lost his job and everything. He's like, yeah, but what if I mess up again? And then Miles tells him, sometimes it's a leap of faith. That's all it is. Hmm. So that that was Miles' whole journey. Hmm. Like he discovered who he was because he took that leap of faith because he believed in himself finally. That's what I'm. That's the journey I'm on right now. I think. I think also too a key component to Miles' faith too, came from his father figure, um, and I, and and I feel like we have to sometimes embrace, even if we don't have our biological father's support, we can embrace the men in our lives that are like a father figure, to us, or mothers to us, and. And it was when I call him LeBron James, but when the when the when the when the dad who's an officer says to him, "There's something in you, you're great," and when you're when when you're ready, you know, just do it. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like I believe in you. Like you're you're in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, when he was talking to the to the boy. I I almost felt like he was trying to say to him, like I've been holding back from letting you know you're Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna tell you who you are now. Because he had to, because his brother was like claw guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and then like his dad is probably like a superhero of some kind, but he chose to be a cop, you know? And so it's like in their family. And so when Miles heard that, it triggered, it, it set him off. He needed the affirmation of his dad, he needed an affirmation of an older person who wasn't part of that group right and 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 it was like something sparked in him and so what i wanted to say literally yeah what i wanted to say yes true what i wanted to say for you is that when when people come around you and they want to encourage you and they're older or whatever and they seem more mature in a topic or an issue like receive what they say you know what i mean not everything might be like on point but like allow space for that to be on point at a later time don't discard it allow it because god's putting people in your life to really really be that that part to push you over into that leap of faith that miles eventually found and um and i'm honestly like when he gets on the scene he's like the baddest spider-man there is you know so um not only does he have a fleek outfit 
Like, he's... <laughs> he's, like, pretty amazing at Spider-Man. But, um... Yeah, man, like, I believe that with all my heart. And I think, like, as we finish the episode, we could just pray into that. Dude, this is your year. Fall. Fall into that leap of faith. Um, Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much for Antonio. I thank you for my friend Neo. I thank you for everyone that's listened to this episode. And these uh, previous episodes as they're going to be broken into segments. But God, I just thank you so much for everyone who's been listening, everyone who's been moved by Antonio's story. I pray that it takes, I pray that people would grow in empathy and it would move to compassion and compassion would move to action. God, I pray that we would not walk by, but that we would listen and we would listen to people. We'd believe in people, that we would see, Lord God, that that what, what we experience sometimes is not the whole story. And that even after you get the breakthrough, there sometimes needs to be more time of rehabilitation and repair and restoration. So God, right now I pray for Antonio that he, Lord Jesus, would fall into that leap of faith, of creativity, and that vision that you've given him. And that he would be alive every day. That every day he wakes up, he'd be like, oh man, I'm alive. I'm alive every day and that would inspire him to do great things i pray lord god for his creativity his writing i pray for his relationships that are on the way and i pray god for his housing situation and moving to a place where he feels comfortable and he feels home and he feels like he can be the best that he wants to be god i thank you so much for that god and pray for him believe in him I thank you for him being on a, a guest on the show being my first guest on the show and um yeah I just believe in him God he has an incredible story God use his story to bring you glory use his story to bring you glory in Jesus name amen 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 thank you so much for listening until next time I dare you to um, talk to someone they might see on the street, encourage someone. If you have a friend that is like in between, you know, and transition in their life, reach out to them. And if you have a friend who might have experienced homelessness or some something else tra- traumatic like that, give them a call and see how they're doing because the follow-up and the aftercare is just as important as the pre-care of of getting them off the streets we love you believe in you thank you so much for listening look so much forward to putting out more content and uh, look forward to it every monday love you um god has a great plan for your life thank you for listening and if you'd like to donate to the neo fund to help antonio get off his feet and get on the get up get the ball rolling with his with his writing or you just want to partner with that or partner with me and and, and, and taking the podcast to another level. The, all proceeds right now will go to the NEO Fund, though. Um, so it, it, we're calling it the NEO Fund, and you just email me at uh, who dares wins podcast at gmail.com, who dares wins podcast at gmail.com, and I'll be in touch with you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Until next time.